0: Live from the studios in Omaha, Nebraska. It's time for another edition of the Other Kind Radio Talk Radio. radio, 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 radio. Welcome to episode 60. 60 times we've jumped on this together. Listener, podcaster,
1: co podcaster. That's not even fair to
0: call Todd a co podcaster. He's also a podcaster. So welcome to episode 60. Today is August 4th, 2019. The other kind radio is a weekly podcast that looks at pop culture and says where's the beef? Out of all the ad campaigns for restaurants, I have to say that was probably I don't know. I'll get with Todd on that real quick and we'll talk about it but where's the beef Wendy's obviously kind of pop culture uh my name is Jeff I'm one of your hosts if you're a returning kind listener welcome back we appreciate your support we had some listeners from France so viva francais I don't even know if that's a thing don't do that Jeff you're gonna make the two people that listen from France upset so uh I'll say après vous which is after you Which still makes no sense. All right. Um, So thank you for coming back. If you're a first-time listener, uh, congratulations on finding this podcast amongst the plethora of podcasts. And as always, we encourage all of our listeners, please like, subscribe uh, to the show. By doing that, you feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in, in its gravitational pull. And because it was mom's birthday yesterday, the actual day, I don't have, I didn't get a lot of production work done, folks. So we're going to fly a little bit by the seat of our pants. Todd is also, he's he went out and had a night, so he's grumpy. He's already like cursed me out three or four times, but let's go ahead and uh, bring him onto the show. We're going to have headlines. We're going to talk, uh, Jeff's take is going to be on a song. Uh, Todd's take on is going to be Jeff's take on Jeff's judgment is, I count good Lord. Um, Todd's take on is going to be on a book and then we're going to talk Apollo 11, which is uh, one of the coolest documents I've ever seen. But without further ado, he's a family generator, movie maker, guitar player, drum major, book author, dive bar, boom box member, and all around a Renaissance man live from a studio somewhere near but not in or located specifically around the town of Dallas, Texas. Please welcome Todd.
1: So you need to add into that description that I'm also receiving treatments for (laughs) co-podcasting.
0: Isn't that horrible?
1: Really, when you said that, I thought, ooh, it's kind of gross. And I hope my wife doesn't know. Like
0: I like I I immediately went to a shot of where like you and I are working our way down a red carpet and I'm like signing autographs and they're like, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff and you're like, hey, does anybody want, you know, my autograph? And they, go, no, you're the co-podcaster,
1: dude. That is like your living fantasy, isn't it, <laughs> to just see me in the back of the wake of the the ship going by? Dave,
0: like, who's he? Yeah, no, of course not.
1: We're partners. Uh, that's mess. okay, Jeff. I. I understand I, I have lived behind and deeply buried beneath your wake for many years.
0: as you go out every week and perform music in front of people and in, and improve and enrich their lives, whereas I sit in a pi- puddle of my own tears hugging my what I what I like to call my Todd doll. <laughs>
1: Okay. But the great thing is The pedal of Your Tears is actually a song that I'm writing. So no. when I'm, in, I'm in front of these countless thousands of people I'm singing about you. And by the way, I'm digging out my camera
0: freaking out today.
1: Yeah, I know that I went and had some drinks last night, <laughs> but now you're all blurry and I oh, don't understand what's going what
0: on. I'm
1: looking at Jeff's through his webcam and yeah, it cannot figure out how to focus. And right now he looks a little bit like an alien.
0: That's good. Yeah, because I have the space background up because of the... Uh, topic today um
1: we're doing some riveting podcasting right now
0: we are it's it's off the cuff um so i i'm noticing something different behind you in your screenshot it looks like you have a stand-up arcade machine now
1: it is i as of this coming tuesday i will have been married to the same individual for 25 years
0: congratulations
1: thank you and that individual my wife loves the game Galaga and so they've recently this, this company Arcade One has started making they aren't 100% replicas it's about a 75 it's really about 78% the height of the original ones but they they aren't that expensive and so I surprised her with a Galaga game and you would have thought that I suddenly had a another child in this house because she went I bet ape S and promptly Came up here and threw up a, a quick, you know, 150,000-point score for on the first time on a machine. I was like, okay, whatever, you suck. I, dr- I, I played, and I got, like, 12,000. I want to
0: drive I want to drive down there right now. Come on,
1: brother. You yeah, know you're God. welcome here. I want you and Shelly going at it There's, on the game, not otherwise. Yeah,
0: ones. no, I got that. Copy that. Roger that. Congratulations on the 25 years. I'm sorry Thank my you. camera's doing this, so just don't look at my face. But um, that is – so I want to take – uh the the sixteen year old and eleven year old to mm-hmm. a place called Beercade here in Omaha mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I want to make I'm gonna throw this challenge down. I think I can beat you on any game in there. And and I just the looks on their face, they're like, no way. So I want to take them in there and give them a little whipping on Miss Pac-Man and Galaga. You, you know
1: and- what that is the truth. You absolutely can. So one of Shelly's aunts took her son and and he is, even though she's an aunt, their son is probably, I think he's around 13, 14, but there's apparently here in right around Dallas is a, a international arcade hall of fame or Ooh. museum or something like that. And she took him and she's like, it was hilarious because I take him in and he can't play the games that I'm playing. So yeah. I, I think the kids do have a complete delta on that. Hey, you're in focus. Yeah. Look at Yeah.
0: Sure. Sorry. It bugs me too much there. All right. I knew it was. Um, what else is going on anything any else is uh you got any archery stuff going on how's the how's the driving going
1: well let's start with archery archery she just uh got a brand new bow this is going to be i'm going to be talking bow stuff to where the few archers are listening will understand but she got what's called a recurve bow she she had been in her adventure she shoots a uh compound bow and if you're playing music behind me i don't i thought you'd did something i can't hear any of your music no
0: so. i'm just playing ding like thing oh okay like, there
1: it is yeah um but she's been shooting compound which is that kind of bow you have little gears on it we got her a recurve which is the kind that olympians shoot so it's just a simple Ooh. thing and she's doing that to get ready for college so archery is in full swing nice the driving she's a good little driver yeah. uh, her mother and i had our heartbroken this week when school is about to start up and she had some things she had to go do on her own. And she pulled away from the house without us. And it was like, Oh, ooh,
0: ooh. you know, and it's just sad. Yeah. Uh, I believe the 16 year old here has a ac- possibly acquired a car. And so that will be happening.
1: I'd been meaning to ask, does he have his license yet?
0: He does. He does. And he's a, he's a safe driver, but um, they, uh, were able to get a, a little vehicle for him. And, uh, It'll be interesting, yeah, when they pull away. Yeah, wait for Catherine to
1: get those tears going.
0: Yeah, the 11-year-old refuses to to let the 6 year old drive for him, so, you know, that's a a whole Mm -hmm. different story. All right, let's get into the show. We've got a lot to talk about, and I want to start out with some, uh, actually, some big news uh, when it comes to um, headlines. So we get the aggressive typewriter out. Probably the biggest news pop culture wise that hit earlier this week. And I don't, I'm pretty sure Todd doesn't know this. Someone just going to relish in the knowing and Todd not knowing. Yes. Okay. That was good. That was relish. That was not sweet relish. Sweet relish is awful. That was dill relish. Um, on the 1st of August, the number one Twitch streamer, Ninja, who's made millions and millions of dollars playing video games, announced he's leaving Twitch and going to Microsoft Solution Mixer. Now, again, for those uh, kind listeners that may not be familiar, basically Twitch is a streaming service that uh, users like myself for free can go on and watch. People play games like Fortnite or Call of Duty or whatever, and those personalities can get tips and money just by doing what they do and this was huge, huge news. So this is as big as, I don't know, Todd can help me uh, come up with a, a pop culture analogy, but maybe uh, switching from Coke to Pepsi or, um, you know, cloth diapers to pull-ups. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I just recently went
1: to pull-ups and so yeah, that's really pretty on point, Jeff. <laughs>
0: that's right. You know, about you know, the good thing about pull-ups Well, I'm not going to say it. Pull down. Um, Okay. So anyway, that's huge news. Um, Well, Twitch is starting to make some decisions within their organization that is not popular with streamers. One of them is they've started to make some of the more popular uh, Twitch streams subscribe only. So let's say, you know, you and I were on Twitch and we had a lot, a huge audience. And then all of a sudden we were told in order to watch a show, you would have to pay money. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be the the kind way. So um, it's big news. We'll keep uh, listeners up to date, but that was that was huge, huge news. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Or are you just gonna let me? Uh...
1: No, I was waiting for you to stop talking so oh. I could say something. But, and, um, and,
0: and now uh, you're listening to the other kind radio. I'm Jeff. He's Todd. Todd. Now welcome to Todd's thoughts.
1: What it, what hits me is that <clears throat> it's the first time that I can think of in a socialish media-ish kind of platform where you're having someone like when Ryan Murphy who created Glee and uh, American Crime Story and all these things, you know, very, very established producer leaves Fox where he had started in FX and goes over to Netflix. So you'll see that jump around all the time, but I've never heard of a social media person do it. And you can immediately say most likely Microsoft threw some money at him because they want to push their platform. I think so. I, I think that's probably a very safe bet and i'm surprised that twitch didn't come back with more money because it honestly means more to them because what will happen so many times is you'll see microsoft go oh we're kind of in that space if we right. get him we can own this space and twitch goes away it's just like when vine went away those kind of things happen all the time i'm shocked twitch didn't do something to keep them
0: so you know twitch has been has been the the big dog on the streets, so to speak for so long i think that they're kind of like eh, we'll be fine without him but it'll be interesting because he was a lot of he was with friends with a lot of people on Twitch that are big personalities, Tim the Tatman, Man, and, and uh, some of the other uh, personalities. So it'll be interesting. Now, what Microsoft did was, for the first month that he's on Mixer, you can subscribe, which is normally five dollars and ninety nine cents a month, to his. You can subscribe to Ninja um, for free. So I think what they did and they have a half million or they had a half a million people subscribe. So you're, you're pretty brainy. You're the one with glasses on. So what's $6 times half a million, 3 million. I think that's what they did. So, um, it'll be interesting. Again, uh, I follow, uh, those circles pretty closely. So, um, thought that was uh worth bringing up uh the next headline following kind of the same gaming thing i don't know if you saw this article or not i'm looking at the new york post man finds sealed 1987 nintendo game worth ten thousand
1: dollars i did see that i thought okay i get it it's just like any new you know in numerous things that i like of pop culture where people pay money for them but who still has that? Do they have a console they're going to play it, or do they just want the untouched in-box thing to own for as a collectible? What what goes on there, Jeff? You're the gamer.
0: So there's a couple things that make it worth 10000 right? So it would be one thing if you were cleaning out your attic and found like an old cartridge to Nintendo. This was in an unopened box. It was a game uh, entitled Kid Icarus, which was a huge hit on the Nintendo Inter- Entertainment Center System. Excuse me. And it still had, it was unopened. So that's, that's the big thing. And collectors for that type of stuff, you know, it's like, uh, I think in some ways it works the same way as like, um, uh, baseball cards. Right. So, you know, and that's good for good, good for them, you know, a little extra 10 grand in the pocket for something that you forgot about in a JC panties bag, P- panties bag, Oof. Enunciate. did I say panties?
1: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna help you out. That's just for the kind of listener to go back and enjoy you saying panties bag.
0: Um, okay, and then uh, last headline I've got here, which I thought was interesting and I, and I, I'm trying to pick some things that I don't know if you are fully aware of. Do you know and are you aware of your number neighbor? No one, no one no. So this is an article off of BuzzFeed and basically uh, the latest trend on Twitter, is people texting their number neighbor. Your number neighbor is the person that is one digit off your phone number. So you know your phone number, right? Yeah. So let's pretend. Let's we'll do like they do in the movies. Let's pretend your phone number is 555 1234. Okay? Your number neighbor would be 555 1235.
1: So it goes up,
0: yeah, up or down. I don't. I don't know if that's been determined. And hopefully, a kind listener can help us out with that. But um, um, so they then you just blindly text this person and say like, "Hey, I'm your number neighbor," and they've been sharing those tweets, uh, those uh, text messages on Twitter. Um, okay. so so one of them went. Uh, trying to pull it up here. One of them said. Uh, uh, all well, the screenshots cut off, but basically it's like, Hey, I'm your number neighbor. And you're like, you're what? And then they write number neighbor. We have the same exact phone number. except the last digit is one up or down. So it's up or down. You're my okay. number neighbor. And then they person text back. There's a lot of weird people on this earth. This my this is a work phone. Please don't text me again or I'll call the police. Um, Give me a break. and, uh, they, they wrote back. Okay. You're definitely white. Have a nice, <laughs> have a good day. <laughs>
1: okay, that's funny.
0: <laughs> and and some of them turned up like um, someone texted, uh, you're my number neighbor, and they they wrote nice. And then they th- put a, uh, a gif up there of uh, Will Farrell and what's-his-face on Step Brothers and says, you know, I think we just became best friends. And so some of these people are having <laughs> conversations. Now, again, old man Jeff immediately reads about this and is more like... <laughs> because i don't you know i don't want people to have my phone number that's the thing is yeah. they now have your phone number so it's yeah, a little but bit of risk here's the
1: you know you can immediately think that but phone numbers are such an arbitrary thing i don't want anyone to even have my phone number i can guess somebody's phone number text it and i'm just talking to a stranger so right. it, no matter what that can happen
0: Eight six seven five three oh nine.
1: I found that number written on a wall.
0: Tommy, Tommy two-toned, right? Two-toned. Very good.
1: Thank you. Dye Bar actually is trying to learn that song.
0: Well, just you wait for Jeff's judgment. I was going to change to Jeff's take on it's going to (laughs) be Todd's judgment on and Jeff's take on. I love it. Um, because I've got something. I've got an idea. I heard this song. Actually, it's a modern version of it that played on Euphoria. Are you still staying up to date with Euphoria and those shows? I
1: am way behind. I, I had some other things I had to catch up on. And, yeah. and what I decided with Euphoria is I want to binge it all at once Ooh. so I can be thoroughly depressed.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Let me know that's when you're doing heavy, that heavy so show. I can text you and check in on you. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's headlines. So, you know, kind listener, we in no way want to endorse or tell you what to do. But if you decide to find out who your phone neighbor is, write us and let us know because I'd be interested to know. No, I'm just too nervous to do it. I'm just, I'm just old. Um, let's go to the mailbag. We got mail. We got mail. Bing, you got mail, and I'm trying to uh, try to get over there. So vamp for me. Okay, never mind. Got it. Um, <laughs> Wow, that, I've never been asked to vamp for a shorter amount of time. And here's Jeff. I'm awful today you're doing great you look good by the way your hair looks nice you do you look good i like are those new frames That's because
1: i'm sitting in darkness i'm backlit so much you can't see my face are
0: those new frames
1: no no would you stop please just host the show you know what (laughs) stop antagonizing me and host a show all right
0: i'll do that all right so uh in today's mailbag we got a email from uh chef jeff regular listener he's a kind listener very kind afternoon gents i was doing a bit of reading on dig and saw the trailer for 1917 i immediately thought of you too and would be curious to hear of your take on it and he even put links in here and everything for us are you familiar with this 1917 movie
1: yes i am but i've not had a chance to watch. i know the trailer came out recently i'm sorry hang on jeff yeah the uh the throat there decided all of a sudden that I couldn't talk anymore. So um, I've heard some interesting things about it. And I can tell you that it's a Sam Mendes film starring Richard Madden and Benedict Cumberbatch, two young British soldiers during the first world war given impossible mission, deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop their own men. And Blake's own brother walking straight into a deadly trap. I've not seen the trailer. I heard some interesting things about it.
0: All right um well you want to should, should we look at it now or just look at it later or follow up with chef jeff baby next week on it you well i don't know
1: can it? you play it back and i'll i'll cue it up over here and i'll mute this so we don't get interesting things working but sure if you want to play it, let's play Cause,
0: it because the other thing is you know we had uh with the Hobbs and shaw did you hear about happen with with the Hobbs and shaw
1: i so heard good box office things
0: before oh yeah i didn't even i didn't even queued up the top three Oof, i'm doing an awful job reducing this anyway um hobs and shaw had a trailer to it for the movie called 10 tenet are you okay. familiar with that at all no it's no, spelled 10 et and it's a film by christopher nolan Oh, yes, yes, yes. I am familiar with that. That's right. And it was like super secret and only showed at Hobbs and Shaw. They didn't release it online. And what's been gleamed from the cube is it's a sequel to Leonardo DiCaprio's film that had the top in it. Inception? Yes. It's a sequel to Inception. I hadn't read that one. So, I knew
1: that they, they, he had very quietly thrown a trailer out there. I had not heard that it yeah. was linked to Inception.
0: So, uh, what I liked about it, as far as how it's affecting what's going on, you know, these days and the way movies is being released, is he it, that's just a unique unique way to do it, right? We're so focused with broadcasting everything, right? You got you know when when a movie trailer drops, it, it's online, it's in theaters, it's on mobile. You see it on Twitter. Oh, Christopher Nolan kind of went in and just said, "Boom, let's." Uh, Let's just do it this way, which create, in its way, own way created the 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 excitement about it and everything. So I have the trailer up in front of me here.
1: Let me say this about Chris Nolan. Chris yeah. Nolan is pretty interesting. You know what's happened for him going from a small director of things like Memento and then working his way up to the Batman chain is he's gotten so much cachet now that. He can do these things where he's doing his own project and it is quiet yes you no one knows what it is that's just who he is and he's a little bit of uh has a little bit of kubrick about him Mm. that his projects are his and you know he keeps them under wraps and it's what he wants to do and if he wants to shoot one shot 683 times he does it he's not that indulgent but you know, he's a pretty interesting dude. I'm not going to say that every film he makes is one I rush out and just embrace and love. But right. no matter what, he's an interesting filmmaker.
0: Um, what was your no, did a you...
1: side track off of 1917?
0: though. Right. Uh, real quick. What, did you like Inception? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's one of those that I liked. I didn't love. I do own it. Because it's one of those that if it comes into my mind, I'm like, okay, I want to watch that and see if I can figure out more about it. Because it's definitely one of those you have to watch numerous times.
0: Absolutely. So the trailer I've got in front of me is the official trailer, and it's starting out with a guy running in a field. Is that what you're looking at? Let
1: me – of course, I have to have an ad first, so if you don't mind real quick. Yeah.
0: So this is the other kind of radio. Yeah, I was going to say, you're listening to the other kind of radio? (laughs) um, I'm I'm watching ads right now. We're going to continue to talk at the same –
1: Yes, it's a guy running Ooh. in a field.
0: Okay, ready? Three, two, one. We'll start. And the sound you'll hear for is from mine. Here we go. And I've got no sound, which is good. There we go. It's a guy running. There's explosions. It's World War One. 1917 official trailer for Universal. DreamWorks. New Republic, New Republic Pictures. Okay, there's some guys like in an underground bunker.
1: With flash Over the lights. shoulder shot, looking at somebody else going. He's in uh, silhouette.
0: Why is there a bag of Doritos on the floor? That's not right.
1: <laughs> That's your Game of Thrones fascination with now finding <laughs> Starbucks cups. We're still underground.
0: Looking at bunkers? There are like empty- Cots. Cots. Something like that. Now he's looking at with, a
1: picture. a picture on it. Oh. Sam Mendes, the director of American Beauty. Director Skyfall.
0: You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. Is he... Alive. And with your help, I'd like to keep it that way. Saving Private Ryan? But they're walking into or a trap. I too. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you don't, we will lose 1,600 men. Ooh. Your brother among them. No pressure.
1: Foot shot. Great
0: footage. Ew. Climbing through a pile of bodies, bodies here. Yep. Lost man standing. What the hell are you doing, large couple? No! 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 If you fail, it will be a massacre. Now, I didn't see in there. Oh, wait, there's a little bit more. Sorry, folks. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck. Coming out in December. If you fail, it'll be a massacre. Good luck.
1: That's an interesting trailer. You know what I like about trailers like that is it tells me just enough to know what it's about gives me the context of it that these guys are not just doing something about trying to save your brother, but also the idea that if you fail at this, all these other people are killed. I now, I now know everything I need to know to know whether I want to see that film. Right. And they have not shown more than the settings, the interesting things, and get out. The funny parts. It's not spoiling anything. So, well done, trailer. There's no in a tone.
0: No. Um Thanks, Chef Jeff. That's awesome. 1917. Yeah, and that's
1: a Sam Mendes film, so I, he's another director that I'm going to, I watch just about anything he does. He's a very, very interesting
0: director. Maybe we should have Chef Jeff on when the in December when the movie comes out. We, we can Ding. talk about it. Good idea. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. One's enough. Good Lord. Sorry. Um. All right. Shall we uh, get the projector out? Oh, I don't even know if I have this. Let me see if I can. Yeah. There we go. Let's get the projector out. Let's get started on Todd's take on Todd. What's your take <laughs> on this week?
1: So I'm going to come at you this week with a book. Ooh. I'm a fan of Stephen King and I'm reading a new and I grabbed this. Uh, when, when we went to Cape Cod recently for vacation, I started reading the the book voices from Chernobyl after reading Chernobyl and one chapter into it i had to put the book down and tell my wife you don't read a book like this on vacation because i had tears streaming down oh my wow face. It, it would actually that first chapter was the chapter of that wife that follows her firefighter husband mm-hmm. and oh my god oh. it'd be beautiful thought but heavy and i was like okay so i go in the, in the airport and i pick up stephen king's the outsider which is a a book that has an interesting cover so at the top is show it, show
0: it to me Steve. i'm sorry show it to me well i'll tell you what I thought you could just hold it up. Oh, oh, I could do that. There you I? go. Oh, it's like, got enough. It's a guy upside down.
1: Right. So yeah. it's Stephen King up top over black, his gold letters, but then you almost see it's like the world's turned upside down. Grass is there. And then the silhouette figure is upside down and the clouds are behind him. He has red eyes. So I'm going to do two things. I want to read a couple of things to you. This is the description. A living nightmare has come to Flint City, Oklahoma, as an 11-year-old boy is found brutally murdered in a local park. An unspeakable crime that rocks the local law enforcement to its core as the most heinous atrocity anyone has ever witnessed. Equally stunning is the identity of the prime suspect, Terry Maitland, who's one of the most popular citizens of the city. He's also a Little League coach, English teacher, and devoted husband and father. The detective Ralph... Anderson, whose son, Maitland, had coached, is a quick and public arrest. Multiple eyewitnesses offer irrefutable evidence and an ironclad case until the investigation expands and horrifying details begin to emerge. Terry Maitland seems like a nice guy, but is he wearing another face? So in a town, it it sounds like that. So it starts off as a police procedural. Right. But as things happen, people begin to question because here's the thing. It is irrefutable proof. proof DNA. uh, fingerprints etc that he was there i eyewitnesses spotted him yet they find footage of him that he was at a conference hundreds of miles away and he was with other people and everybody's like he was there they even find his fingerprint at that location how can he be in two places at once the people go along and i'm going to tease this one of the people begins to things are horrible things happening and he attempts suicide oh and i'm going to read the paragraph That is, from that suicide attempt.
0: Welcome to the other kind radio. He
1: flailed for the rope, a drowning man reaching for the surface of a lake into which he has fallen. Large black spores appeared in front of his eyes. They burst into extravagant black toadstools. But before they overwhelmed his sight, he saw a man standing on the patio in the moonlight in front of him. One hand resting possessively on the barbecue that Fred, the man who's attempted suicide, the barbecue where Fred would never grill another steak. Or maybe it wasn't a man at all. The features were crude, as if punched into being by a blind sculptor, and his eyes were straws. So all of a sudden, this weird, creepy silhouette man that's on the cover here begins appearing to all these people. Mm. I'm going to tell you what, if you, Stephen King has entered into an interesting time in his writing career where he is doing a lot more of this, I'm going to kind of write a mystery. Mm-hmm he's never been a mystery person. He, you know, he sets up things and it's the very unreal and you get scared by it. But I noticed it was starting with Mr. Mercedes, which is now a TV show that he wanted to jump into this whole thing of let's have a mystery and let's find out the evil things behind it. Well, now he's almost taking the two things he's created so well mystery. And now it's horror. Oh my goodness. If you've ever seen the classic episode of friends and I'm not a friends episode, but Joey reads Stephen King and he gets so scared that he puts a Stephen King book in the freezer. (laughs) I literally, when I read that thing about the black silhouette with the straws, because then another person sees, it, I was like, okay, that's it, freezer. Wow, it's a great book. It's not for Jeff. Jeff does not like to be spookied, but uh, it's a good book.
0: I tell you what, two two follow up questions. Um, the first, would you agree that a book is just uh iPad made out of out of wood? Okay, or
1: that an iPad is a book made of, out of silicon and glass. There you go.
0: Okay. The second is, um, some of the problems I've had reading Stephen King books in the past, like the shining, he does go on and especially the tower he goes or the stand. I'm sorry. Uh, he goes on some pretty long diatribes about, you know, Bob was from Chicago. And then they like the next 80 pages are about this thing. And then you're back into the room with the monster. Um, th- is he still doing that, or is he calmed down on that a little bit?
1: So, in other words, is he being a good writer, or is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, that's he doesn't. Fair, fair, Look, fair. If
1: you're if you're reading the stand, you picked the wrong book to start Stephen King with. That is,
0: well, they should put a... that on the cover then. Jeff,
1: <laughs> don't start here. <laughs>
0: Jeff, don't start here. Get a crayon I book.
1: I, I almost think you you ought to go back and try it again, just like the whole thing with film. You know, ah. there there. Are, there are books that the more you read, like that, because one of my favorite writers, John Irving, who wrote *The World According to Garp*, I, he will describe the hell out of what you're, where you are, and the, and the history that has nothing to do with where you are, except that right. he wants you to understand where you are.
0: Speaking of which, was *The World According, According to Garp* was that on the AFI Top 100?
1: No, and it, it doesn't deserve to be oh, there. Okay, never mind. It's a good movie, but uh, you know, John Irving, as a side note, supposedly has written a series of scripts to do a mini series for warden current guard because you want to talk about a movie that taps into the essence of it but is not the book yeah that's Garth. oh okay there's right. a lot they leave out but anyway if you if you want a good stephen king read if you want something that's a little spooky go check out the outsider
0: all right we'll put the projector away the kids have something to say you can't hear any of that oh no wow. Okay, well, good. That'll be funny then. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, what do they do? Give me raspberries? No, 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 no. no. They went, yeah, it's the kid one. I've got to get this figured out. I am so sorry that you're not hearing that. Um, Actually, on the Weird fly. The thing was is I heard the
1: movie trailer, but I don't hear
0: the kiddies. On the fly here, I'm going to fix that uh, because that is the line in, and it should go to, I don't know. I won't fix it on the fly. All right, so let's get to Jeff's. Jeff's judgment on I'm gonna mess myself up um so anyway I was watching the the most recent uh episode of uh Euphoria and there's a modern make of this song and uh I just kind of want to talk about it with it because it's uh it's something I want to see what Todd's familiar with and uh, at the same time kind of talk about it a little bit here so uh here is what song I'm talking about So that, that song is brought to us by a group known as 10CC, who, until I looked it up on the internet, did not know, was not aware of that group. That song has a pretty relevant uh, place in, in pop culture for the sense that it's been used in lots of films. Um, I can't think of any immediately right here. Maybe Todd can save me, but... I can't think of it's any definitely either, but, know, It's definitely a montage of you know, movies that it's been moved in or been used in. Um, I don't know why it's been haunting. Would we say earworm? It's an earworm. It's been stuck mm-hmm. in my ear. Um, and as you start listening to it, of course, and you start Googling and trying to find things out. And and of course that song was done back, um, I think in the seventies and the technology for getting that, that chorus, I airy sound was not around. So they had to actually dub and dub over and dub over and dub over and dub over the group singing those different notes, which kind of gives it that angelic touch. Um, so I'm interested since I brought that to the table, uh, what if you're familiar with it and what you, what you notice about that song as well.
1: Well, you know, in pre-pro Jeff started playing it for me. He said, do you know the song? I was like, Oh yeah, I love that song. And um, he throws it out to me. Die bar should play. It. I was like, no oh, you know, okay. I go listen to it. I go look up the chords, the things that hits me. <laughs> um, and i said this to Jeff is that it constantly uses what's called going from the major to the minor i wish i'd brought my guitar over here and i could have done that well, so go grab it hear that.
0: let's do it i can van for it i've got the wikipedia page pulled up uh, i'm not in love done by 10 cc um released in on seven inch vinyl in 1974 1975 soft rock here on the other kind radio um written by eric stewart graham graham Gouldman. Todd's back with us now, and I, was this a one-hit wonder? Did 10CC have a lot of hits? You said you were kind of familiar with them.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of hits. I know they had more than this. I can't... I, I don't... I'm not familiar with the band enough to go, I know this and this song. Right. Oh. But, uh... They they definitely had some stuff.
0: Okay. Alright. So, what are you talking about, this major-minor thing?
1: Okay, so, when I was listening... When I looked at the song, it was like every time it goes through... A chord progression can be... I don't Can you hear this? Mm-hmm. Hear that okay?
0: Yeah, yeah. Sounds okay, good. So
1: if you're if you're playing a chord progression, you're shifting around. You're yeah. going from that was C G to F. Now, what's pretty interesting in that song is they start in A and it, it has this stair step feel. Instead of just going from C to G to F, they do this. They go from the major of A to the minor. Oh, and then I think it was up to G. I also played the wrong chord. And now today it's minor. So it's always doing this half step sound down, even though it's really just lowering one note. But that's ah. pretty interesting. That's Those are songwriters that are like, that's, that's not just picking up your guitar and going, hey, I'm going to write the easiest song in the world. That's right. a pretty cool little tune.
0: And then the other thing that I think is worth talking about. So, you know, I you hear that. And, and and I'm I am, I admit, I think Todd knows that. Thank you for busting out the guitar. Let's give Todd some love.
1: Oh, hi kids. Nice to hear you. Actually. Stop,
0: stop. Stop. That wasn't the that wasn't the kids, that was the big adults. I'm sorry, I can't I forget you can't hear it. I am a self-admitted, I do not know lyrics. I'll get a tune in my head. And it could be like a song that I I think means something completely different. So this is one where, I, you know, I don't even know what he's saying. Nah, nah. So is that a not enough or whatever? So I look <laughs> I look it up and the song's name. And I, and I want to ask you, this is interesting to me, too. Starts out the, the title of the song is the first thing you hear. I don't know if that's a irregularity when it comes to songwriting, because usually it's this whole lead up and then it's San Francisco nights or whatever. Um, So the lyrics go, I'm not in love, so don't forget it. It's just a silly phase I'm going through. And just because I call you up, don't get me wrong. Don't think you've got it made. I'm not in love. No, no. It's because I like to see you. But then again, that doesn't mean you mean that much to me. So if I call you, don't make a fuss. Don't tell your friends about the two of us. I'm not in love. No, no, it's because. And I'm like, "Wow, you talk about brutal. That, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's there's like, you know, go F yourself, but this is this is pretty close. Don't feel special cuz I call you up. Wow. Okay. Guess guess not. Fine. Or you could play dumb and just be like, "So you're saying there's a chance." <laughs>
1: uh we still hooked up but okay you're not in love right it's an interesting song too you're right most songs are going to usually name themselves after the hook which usually the most hooks end up in your chorus right so according to this sheet i found here for the chords the chorus is oh you'll wait a long time for me oh you'll wait a long time oh you wait a long time for me i don't even remember that part of the song
0: oh yeah yeah Yep. Well, that, that's that, the weird thing is, is that, Okay. So then you got, I'm not, it's because we still haven't hit the chorus. The next phrasing is, is this woman whispering, be quiet. Big boys don't cry. Big boys don't cry. Big boys don't cry like eight times. And then the song continues. I keep a picture up on the wall. It hides a nice, a nasty stain that's lying there. So don't you ask me to give it back. I know, you know, it doesn't mean that much to me. I'm not in love. No, no. It's because, and then it's, ooh, you wait a long time for me. So, I mean, you're almost through the entire song before you even hear the chorus.
1: You know, what really comes to mind for me, and I wish I'd thought of this before, is like, why do where did that song hit me when I was a kid? I remember it being like, wow, I know that song. There was a parody song that came out when Jaws was released. <laughs> Okay. And they they use part of that song ah. in it because it's supposed to be a reporter standing on a beach. We've heard of a shark nearby, and then it would come over the whole "Big Boys Don't Cry." Big boys
0: don't cry, right? Yeah. Oh, oh toss i toss to you. a
1: song like that. So but it was definitely used in that. So Damn, I wish I thought of that before.
0: Maybe the uh, maybe the maybe the kind listener will get that earworm and listen to it because it is one that once you kind of put it on, you just. Kind of let it repeat and it's uh and then you and then you wonder why um you know you want to uh go jump off a cliff uh, i'm trying to find which mo- i think
1: the show just did but i'm not sure no
0: no not yet we got we got plenty of cliff left what are you talking about <laughs> um yeah i i don't know if it's all the songs but it says movies that uh that have used the song include the stud the virgin suicides Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. I know it used that. And he's not just that into you. So, there hmm. you go. Some high-powered cinema there. Well, that's Jeff's judgment on. Uh, we'd love to hear the kind listeners' thoughts. Maybe you have a memory. To me, that I, I, real quick, what that song screams to me is skating. You know, where they go, Kids, it's time for the couple skate. Grab your favorite girl or guy and get on the roller skate roller I never really got to DJ and roller rink but then I I remember that because I never had anybody to skate with so that that basically I they said now it's time for couple skate what I heard was jeff get off the floor <laughs> so jeff
1: you know we're almost to the end of your therapy session
0: yes can you tell is me is there,
1: there any other thing about your childhood remembrances yeah. you'd like to tell the audience i
0: was always real confident until i met this guy named todd and then he totally put me in my place well um, we we have to have people
1: in our lives that are sort of like the guidepost <laughs> and sometimes the guidepost Wait. must say to the other people
0: you're not worthy you're you're a post now
1: i, I am a post
0: i like i wish i was a guidepost because you don't only have one job you just have to tell people where to go that way that way all right, so let's get into uh, center stage. Let's go to Apollo because I'm going to save my surprise thing that I'm really excited about that I told you about, and we won't go into how I conceived the idea. But let's talk Apollo 11, and then I've got a surprise for you, and we'll get out of the kind listeners here. So today's center stage. Do you have the uh, Do you have the tail of the tape in front of you?
1: I do. If you'll hang on one moment, because my so, computer decided it wanted to show me another ad. I'm ready now.
0: This movie came out, and it's a it is a documentary, and um, I watched it. Todd's got a better memory because he just he said he just watched it, but in conjunction with the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. There is a documentary out there. I watched it off of iTunes on the Apple TV. I don't know how else you can get it. I'm sure there's other ways to, to watch it. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. As I said, do I have my Hulu drop? Do we have a Hulu drop?
1: I, I don't know. If we had a real producer, you might have one. I I don't know why I'm being so ugly to you today. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, okay. that sounds like an
0: excellent idea! Oh, that was Grover. Saying it was a effing great idea.
1: This is my favorite episode of The Other Kind Radio ever. <laughs> I just want to say I like it whenever you're like, hey, I didn't get to produce. I like this version of you hey. so much more than, hey, here is.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe Perfection. the kind listener likes that too. Please write in, let us know. Info at theotherkindradio.com. All right. So, Apollo, we're okay. So, I have to ask you, you watched it at home on your theater? I did. Oh, I bet it was gorgeous.
1: It was. So, le- let me say this. This yeah. is. This is director Todd Douglas Miller's oh, yeah. take of what was considered to be a treasure trove of 70-millimeter film that was shot of this event. It, it, the simple IMDb description says a look at the Apollo 11 mission uh, that landed on the moon led by Neil Armstrong and pilots Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins. It simply stated that I almost think the reason they go for that simple statement is there is no narration. Yes. There is very little information given other than the uh the words from the people you're going to see on screen or the radio transmissions that occurred now occasionally you will get some graphics that come in that show what they're talking about so you're not just listening and going but but to what Jess said this again is shot in 70 millimeter for those of you that don't realize the majority of movies you watch are shot in 35 millimeter 70 millimeter was the prestige format for years and years and years and it's still pretty prestige but until things like IMAX came along and now when you start getting into all these upper high def type things, it, it is just, it's like one of the the tops of the, of the crop. So when you ask, how did it look there? One of those opening shots, when they finally are taking the rocket out, we see literally the beginning of this film is them with on that big tractor type thing, taking the rocket over to where it's going to blast off. Jeff, one of those shots upward of that, it was just so clear, so gorgeous that I was I was in awe of it. I was like, "My God, that film looks beautiful."
0: And and you hit on the, the first two things that really got me in, interested in this. And and I, I and and to go back to the first thing you said was, "Yes, there's no in 1969." There's none of that VO. It's just like boom, and it's all real footage. None of this movie is CGI. None of this movie is, you know, been refilmed or touched up or anything. This is the, well, they may have restored some of it, but it is. Yeah, the they may have color recordings. corrected some yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um. So um, uh, the visual immediately. And then the second is the sound, which I thought was done really well too. And along those lines. One of my favorite things is that a lot of it is all, uh, Apollo <laughs> uh come in we've got uh we, we've got you on the vector scope here and that stuff <laughs> <The> vector scope <laughs> but just amazing amazing and and and, and so many cigarettes
1: uh, you know that that is true you get a ton of that so what's kind of cool my wife is uh a space fanatic she literally loves all things nasa so we've been to nasa on numerous occasions we recently took oh, my wow. daughter friend of hers and niece down to the center in houston so that that small command uh, area that you see that when the it's actually up there it takes over you can go into that area in fact she just told me they recently restored it but you see that still the same computers they use that have been upgraded yeah. over the years a little bit but they're still there yeah um you watch this and You know, they don't make a big fanfare out of Neil Armstrong. They don't make a fanfare out of a man named Gene Kranz, who is sort of, if you ever watched Apollo 13, he's played by Eric Harris in that, and he was one of the main people over it. They also don't make a a big fanfare that while you're watching, you begin to see the backup crew, which was Mm -hmm. Jim Lovell, who is the pilot of Apollo 13 that Tom Hanks plays. So you're seeing these people and it's just, they're just tossing them in, they're doing their jobs and it just, it builds this tension by simply allowing the moments to occur now it's not obviously not real time because they're up there for a week or something eight like days
0: that. eight days yeah. yeah
1: and but you know within a, a relative time frame they're showing a lot of events as they transpire to the point even like when it's telling uh when the the module eventually lands on the moon they're putting down in the bottom left hand corner both its speed yes it's fuel and its distance and you begin to see that the Fuel is in danger, running out to the point they put a little red fuel light right. up like it's running out, and they aren't there yet. And you're like, Oh my, and that creates the tension. It's just so stinking intelligently done.
0: I, I the, the, those graphics, because they do pop those type of graphics up a couple times when they're on the way to the moon, their speed, mm-hmm. and you know, what, you know, how far along they are. Not only are the transitions done, uh, like you said, perfectly, what I like about this documentary is that it treats the audience. Um, with a level of intelligence. And what I mean by that is they don't, it would, I would say 99% of other documentaries about this particular event in history would say this, they would have the actual footage and some of the radio calls back and forth between Houston and everything. And then you would hear a VO go, now, this particular part of the mission was really difficult because they only had about 60 seconds worth of fuel to burn and land and get on the moon. And any slight miscorrection or or having any variance would cause huge issues. But they don't do that. They give you the information, you see the speed, you see the fuel, and it allows you to go, oh wow, they really gotta be on point with this. Yeah. And I, I like that they do that because I, I, I understand in film you have to make sure that your audience understands it. But at the same time, I think there are other methods to do it than just having somebody tell you. And they do that beautifully throughout this entire documentary.
1: You know, that that is so true, Jeff. And, you know, of course, that decision had to be made. It's how are we going to convey to them how everything was right on a razor thin yep. line of failure or success. And how do we create the tension? And they do that with the addition of these graphics. Sometimes the graphics, like I said, are just to show you when they talk about that the modules are going to spin and do this. They'll do a little animation mm-hmm. that shows you yeah. what's going to happen. And it's very simple black background, white line kind of thing. If there's danger, such as reentering the Earth atmosphere, that white frame will go red like yep. it, and it'll blink yep. at you. But I think equal to those graphics is the music of Matt Morden who has worked with this director before. And I, his, if you've ever seen the classic films, Koyana Skotsky, mm. um, those are simply time-lapse things that show a bunch of events going on. And the music sets the tension. And I think that Matt Morton, what he does beautifully, is he understates things, but when it needs a drive... He knows when to bring it in. And yeah. it was so evocative. I I'm guarantee you they had discussions about that film. I'd like to see this kind of thing. So together, composer and director do a fantastic job
0: of driving the tension. And speaking of the music, did you know the electronic music soundtrack was played entirely on instruments available in 1969?
1: I did not know that. That makes me love it even more.
0: Hey there, kind listeners. Sorry for the abrupt ending of the show. Todd had a uh, doggy emergency and had to take his uh, beagle to the vet um, to get it checked out, make sure everything is is going okay. I uh, don't have any other updates. I'm sure he'll uh, let us know how things worked out on Twitter or whatever, um, and we'll also probably get an update on a next week's show. So apologize for the abrupt ending there. Want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. We enjoyed having uh, you with us on this uh, additional edition of the Other Kind Radio. Want to remind everybody to like, subscribe, however, you're listening to our podcast. It greatly helps us. Also, want to remind you that our email address is infotheotherkindradio.com. Love to hear your thoughts, show ideas, feedback on what we discussed today. Uh, that being said, have a good rest of your week. Take some time out for some pop culture. And remember, we are The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. The other kind of radio pop radio. The other kind of radio hawk radio, yeah. The other kind of radio talk radio, yeah. The other kind of radio radio, yeah. The other kind of radio